Hello, how you going? Welcome everyone. Welcome from wherever you're watching, anywhere in the world here in Australia, whether you're watching your mobile phone, your tablets, your computer screens, anywhere else. And we're so glad that you can join us here right now. Do you know what, Everlast family, we miss you. Jess and I and the rest of the team, we all miss you so much. We love you guys. We can't wait to be with you and um, and everyone else who's watching online as well. We're so, so glad that you can join us here for Resurrection Sunday, the best Sunday of the year as far as we, we are concerned. Hey, why don't you take a selfie or a picture of yourself, no matter where you're watching from, and then post it to Everlife. Post it onto your Insta story and tag Everlife.Church on your Insta story so we can post you up on our Instagram and we can just see where you're watching it from so we can feel like we're all together on this. No matter whether you're part of Everlife or not, we'd love you to do that. Um, also, we have been finding ourselves in a place where time goes so quickly, doesn't it? It was only Four weeks ago, on I think it was March the 11th, that the World Health Organization officially declared a global pandemic. You know, it seems like a total another world. It seems like another world away when we used to go to the footy with crowds and squish up against each other. And we used to go out into the big world, but now the world has absolutely been turned upside down. It's caught us by surprise. And um, I don't know about you, but have you been caught out by surprise? Have you been unprepared? Have you ever got caught out because you didn't give adequate preparation for the supplies that you needed? Maybe it was milk, maybe it was bread, maybe it was medicine. And the other night I went down to the shop to get flour because I wanted to cook pizza for the kids. And I went down to my local IGA and there's still there's still no flour. So I did get pizza bases and make pizzas. They were still, they were still nice. Um, why don't you comment below, what kind of things have you been short of at Everlife? Um, comment below, you know, there's one person who you won't find a comment below from, and that is Michelle Smoker. <laughs> Michelle Smoker, she's a part of our Everlife family, and she's been buying bulk for years. She's like, she is prepared for COVID. So if you need any supplies, we're just going to put her address down in the comment sections below. You can get in contact with her rock up to a place, she'll just throw out any supplies you need through the window, and um, I'm sure she'll be very happy that I just made that very public just then. We're not really going to give you a dress away, Michelle. Um, but for me, I got really, really caught out due to lack of preparation myself, in a very, very embarrassing moment. Um, but it wasn't because of my lack of preparation, it was because of someone else's lack of preparation. What happened is I went down to Scarborough Beach for a swim, and I came out for a swim. I went to one of the 10 public cubicles out of there at Scarborough Beach and I sat down and was scrolling through my phone and and then it was time to to end and um, I turned around to grab the toilet the toilet paper there was none and I went down for that corner that corner every corner looked in my pockets have I got any leftover tissue and uh, I was (laughs) very unprepared if you want to know the rest of the story just get in contact with me and I'll, um, I'll let you know how that story ended But nonetheless, I got seriously caught out through a lack of preparation. And you know what, today, what I want to talk about tonight is is for us to talk about preparing for something way more serious than getting stuck in a toilet with your pants down. What I want to talk about tonight is to prepare us for something that not many of us talk about. It's a topic we like to avoid. We feel uneasy, a bit queasy talking about. It's for us to prepare for death. For what happens on the other side of death in eternity? You know, 
They're like, what? You're talking about death? Like, we want to talk about nice things. It's Easter. We want to talk about chocolate. We want to talk about life-giving things. Why are we talking about death? Well, the truth is that I care for you and God cares for you so much more than I care for you as well. I care about you a lot. But we want to talk about this because we don't want you caught with your pants down, unprepared when it comes to facing eternity. You know, we prepare for everything. When we're young, we prepare for school. When we're at school, we spend 10 to 12 years at school. Plus, maybe you've got a TAFE or do an apprenticeship. You go to university. We spend between 10 and sometimes 20 years preparing to enter into the workforce. And when, once we're in the workforce, we prepare to get a house and a car or we prepare for our family. Ultimately, we prepare for retirement. We prepare for meals. We prepare for a lot. But how much time... Or how many of us prepare for what is on the other side of death? It's ironic that we'd spend most of our lives preparing for the small back end of our life, but spend barely any of our life preparing for something that will last forever. You know, it's very wise for us to think about death. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 2 says, It's better to spend your time at funerals than at parties, after all, everyone dies and the living should take this to heart. And then in Psalm chapter 90 verse 12, it says, Teach us to realize how short life is that we may grow in wisdom. You know, it's wise for us to consider eternity because as we consider how short our life is and all of a sudden our priorities begin to fall into place. And tonight what we're going to do is to look at a key scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21 to 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21 to 22. And I'm going to read it out. It's two verses that say the same thing in basically different ways. It says, So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, through one man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, through Jesus. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, so everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. This is a power-packed scripture for us. You know, when we're talking about coronavirus, apparently, according to the South Morning China Post, the first person who contracted the coronavirus um, was all the way back in November the 17th in 2019. It was a 55-year-old individual from Hubei province, province in China and he might have been the first person that caught that initial disease that spread throughout the globe and has caused approximately, very tragically, over 100,000 deaths globally so far. And the result of this is that largely people live in fear. I mean, we've got, we've got uh, really good responses. We see a lot of families around this area, and I know where you live, most likely you've seen windows where kids are drawing rainbows and teddy bears in their front windows to communicate to other families around the place. Hey, we're in this together, um, which is really beautiful to see. But we've seen the flip side of that where we've seen on Facebook people taking videos of people like, you know, going for it in the supermarkets, whacking each other with glad wrap, trying to find those last few toilet rolls. And it causes people to enter into a zone of self-preservation. When you live in fear, you live in the preservation of self. You know, through Adam, death came to all. The coronavirus caused an infection to many people. But through Adam, this one man, the virus of sin, this virus of death has affected 
all of us, and no one is exempt from death. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And, you know, in, in direct contrast to this, where there's been tragically, again, 100,000 deaths from coronavirus since November, you know, and we want to continue to be vigilant. We want to continue to stay at home. We want to continue to be safe to continue the great work that is, is happening. Um, but in contrast to this, did you know that statistically there's actually 150,000 people that die every single day globally? It's a, it's a huge number. We see that death has infected all and the consequences are huge. And when we live in fear of death, again, we live in a self-preservation mode. We live to make this life all what it's about. But do you know what? This Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate the good news that there is life through Jesus. As we go back into that verse, again, we, we see this in 1 Corinthians 15, 21 to 22, we see that just as death came into the world through one man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we belong to Adam, get this, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. This is awesome. Because of one man, death came. But do you know what? Because of one man, Jesus, now we can all be resurrected. We can all have new life. So rather than living in fear, we can live in faith and have a hope for the future. Now, I don't know if you remember, um, in 2018, in June the 23rd, um, in Thailand, there was a junior soccer team called the Wild Boars. And they were led into a cave by their coach. And in that cave, the monsoon, while in that cave, the monsoon rains came and flooded the surrounding areas and they were trapped in the cave. There was absolutely no way out. It was impossible. They were literally as good as dead. There were 12 boys between the ages of 11 and 16 years old. And it was a dark, damp cave that began to stink the boys had to go to the toilet. There was a, the oxygen levels were being depleted. It was a hopeless case. They, they attempted to, to drill. They wondered whether they could drill through the surface into the cave like happened in Chile a number of years ago when the mines collapsed, but that was impossible. That wasn't going to happen. They sent their best hikers around. They knew the area well to try and find any other way into the cave, but they couldn't do it. And so what they did is they, they managed to, to get into contact that these expert cave divers from around the world and they were mobilized to come together to find a way through the tunnels to come through the water to rescue these boys and you know the only way that they could rescue these boys was one by one was to literally sedate these boys to put them under and then to bring them out put a, an oxygen mask over their faces and to bring them out for the cave they had to be sedated because if these boys struggled while going underwater, they'd pull the oxygen mark, mask off themselves, maybe um, put the diver's life at peril as well. And so they had to be sedated. And you know what? Some people gave them between a 0% and a 10% chance of survival, of being successful. But when that first boy came out, and then the next boy came out, and right, right up into the end, the 12th boy and then the coach came out, they all went to hospital to be checked out. These boys came out alive and ready and they had a hope of a new life. One by one, they made their way out. 
And you know, for us in our lives, Adam has led humanity into a dark cave with no way out. In this dark cave, it's a dark cave of death, a dark cave of hopelessness. But you know what? Jesus came and he came to make a way for us to find our way out, to have our hope, like these Thailand boys, boys from Thailand, in a better life to come. The truth is that Jesus' resurrection, get this, gives us hope for a better life. Not only here, but especially on the other side of death in light of eternity. I don't know about you, but have you ever wished for a better life? I know for me, when I was in my late teens, in my darkest times, I remember I I wished that I could swap my life for someone else's life. Um, I know that I've wished for a, a better, I want their job, for a better job, but at times, I love my job now, absolutely love it. You know, life is good, but it's also hard and painful. When we look around the world around us and we see the results of this infection of death and sin in our life. But get this, no matter how hard life gets, we can, all of us, have hope in a better life. And this is good news. You know, when we look at Hebrews chapter 11, we see that there's Hebrews chapter 11 gives us almost like the hall of fame of these great men and women of faith. It says that some overthrew entire kingdoms in in this lifetime. Some shut the mouth of hungry lions. Some quenched the flames of fire. Some escaped death by the edge of the sword. Some put whole armies to flight. Some received their loved ones even back from death. But then there were some that didn't see their faith brought to life or eventuated in this life. They didn't see the promise brought to life here in this life. In fact, it was the opposite that happened. We're going to zoom into Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35. It says, Some received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after resurrection. You know, here we are, we have these men and women who were tortured for their faith. They were tortured, but they refused to turn from God in order to be set free. They could have turned from God and been set free in an instant. But what gave them the strength to endure torture in this life? And we read it again. They placed their hope in a better life. They put their hope in the resurrection. You know, right now, we hope that this virus will pass soon. We hope that everything will be over. We'll get back to normal. We hope that the economy will bounce back. Um, Some of us hope to be married one day. I'm very happy to be married. We hope that we can get better if we're sick. Um, We hope we can have kids. Maybe I'll buy a house for me. I hope that there's going to be a season number two of the morning show released on Apple TV. I know some of you have seen it. It's a great TV series. I hope. But do you know what? What if hope dries up? What if hope doesn't eventuate? What if, what if life gets worse from here on in? What if life even feels like torture sometimes? You know what? The key to our strength and happiness in this life isn't found in this life, but it's found by putting hope in a better life. The strength that we have in this life is found by putting our hope in a better life, our hope in the resurrection. You know, when I think back to those boys from Thailand, you can look it up on the internet and have a look. When that first diver came through, he didn't expect there to be 12 boys still alive and the coach still alive. 
he expected them not to be alive. And he got the shock of his life. And he was so excited. They were so excited to be rescued. And he decided to take a photo of these boys in order to send to their mum, to send to the families, to send to the world who were, who were on the edge of their seats, wondering if they're still alive. And he took a photo of these boys in the cave. And, and when you look at this photo, you see that the flash went off and in the background there's the darkness of the cave, but the faces of these boys were they were so happy. They are ecstatic. They've got these big cheesy grins. Their pearly whites are showing. There's a glisten in their eyes. But you look at the photo and you're like, but hold on, they're still in the cave. Like they're still in the stinky, manky, dark, damp cave. Why are they so happy? Well, it comes back to, again, they had hope now for a better life. There'd been a light that has come into the tunnel that can show them a way out and give them hope for a better life. You know, I don't know what you feel like in your life right now, whether you feel trapped in your own cave. Maybe you feel like you're in a, a dark and a stinky, manky cave. But let me tell you, there is a light that has come to your darkness Maybe you feel trapped in the cave of despair and darkness, depression, anxiety. Let me tell you, there is a living hope. Maybe you've experienced the pain of relationship breakdown, family breakdown, but let me tell you that there is a living hope. Maybe you've experienced the stench of your own brokenness and sin and guilt and shame through things that you're too ashamed to talk about with other people maybe. But let me tell you, there is a living hope hope. Romans chapter 8 verse 18, it says, what we suffer now, the torture we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that will come later, that will be revealed to us later. A good little saying, there might be a stink in the cave, but there is hope beyond the grave. Why don't you repeat that after me? You ready? There might be stink in the cave, but there is hope beyond the grave. Okay, one more time. Let's do it. Let's have fun. There might be a stink in the cave, but there is hope beyond the grave. I think that's, I think that's awesome. <laughs> We're going to read from Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 23 to 25. It says, We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised to us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, no matter how dark your cave might be, even when life is good, there can be something within the soul that longs for something more. And I want to encourage you. You know, Romans talks about how there's a groaning creation that longs to be clothed in its new body. If there's a groan on the inside, if you're trapped into a cave, I want to encourage you to confidently wait patiently for the resurrection of Jesus. You know, there is a better life. As good as this life is, you know, I'll, I'll, there's aspects I love about this life. I love the beaches. I love my wife. I love family, kids. There's so much to be enjoyed about this life. But let me tell you, there is a better life to come. Where there's no sin, no sickness, no pain. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, it's going to come a moment where Jesus himself, he will wipe away every tear from your eyes. And there'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow or crying or pain 
all these things are gone forever. Could you imagine it? Can you imagine a world where there's no sickness or crying or pain or death? That is a better life. You know, for me, I remember um, about six or seven years ago, sitting on the hospital bed at the, the hospice when I was holding my mum's hand and I looked and I saw my mum right in front of me take her last breath right there in front of me. And it was a, it was a, a grieving, painful time, even right now. Um, but I tell you what, it was a surreal moment. It was, a, it was an amazing moment. And then not long around that time as well, my wife and I, we lost our baby that was 16 weeks old in the womb. And we delivered our baby who was no longer living with us. We named him Jedediah. But you know what? As, as much as there is a, a sting, as much as there's a, a very real grieving that goes on, now, let me tell you, the Bible says that we do not grieve like those who have no hope. You know, we have a hope in the resurrection. I know that mum has put her faith in Jesus. And I know that I'm going to see her one day again. I know that me and my wife and our kids, we're going to see Jedediah, our son, one day. You know, the Bible says, oh, death, where is your sting? Where is the sting? You know what? It hurts, but the sting of death does not remain because the sting of death is swallowed up in victory. Jesus has bought the victory for us. Jesus has defeated death. Although death has had a prominent say, let me tell you the victory that Jesus has far surpasses the voice of death. And he is, I've got the last say. We've got a living hope and death has been swallowed up by the power of Jesus through the power of the resurrection. You know, I don't know where you're at at the moment. I don't know whether you've jumped online for the first time, maybe in the, in the last few minutes. I don't know whether you've been to church before, you believe in God or what, but what I want to do is to give you the opportunity to put your hope in a better life, to put your hope in Jesus and what He has done for you. You know, on Good Friday, we um, celebrated Jesus' death. We celebrated what? Not because the fact that Jesus died, but we celebrate the fact that what Jesus' death accomplished for us was forgiveness. Jesus paid the penalty of our sin, of our failure, of our guilt and our shame. He paid the debt we could never owe so we could be free. We could be washed clean and forgiven. This is good news. And now here on this day we celebrate. Not only have we been forgiven, but we have this hope of eternal life, of a better life with Him. And you know, right now God opens His hand. Will you take this gift you know, like this morning, we gave a gift of Easter eggs to our kids. In fact, they had a bit of an Easter egg hunt throughout our house. They loved it. Going around, Jess organized it all. It was so, so beautiful. But you know, this, this, this Easter egg, it can re represent this new life. It's this egg that is full. It is full. All the ingredients for a new life is held within this new egg. It represents new life. And God is offering you this Easter egg, this promise, this gift of new life. And so how can you receive this gift? Well, if you go back to the boys in the cave, you know, those boys, one by one, they had to make a decision. I literally need to surrender my life into this diver's hands. I need to, I need to stop living the cave life. And now what I need to do is I'm going to take this medication. I'm going to go, I'm going to be sedated. I'm not saying you're going to be sedated or anything. But I'm going to surrender my life into the hands of this diver who's way more capable than me, who knows the way out through the cave. 
And you know what? It was complete trust. And for us, Jesus also invites us to surrender to him. I'm no longer going to live the cave life, the life that I've lived. Jesus invites us, would you surrender to me? Would you allow me to lead you through this life, through this cavern, through this life, out on the other side into a better life? It begins by simply trusting in him. And as we remember the verse that was mentioned earlier, everyone who belongs to Christ will receive new life. So I want to invite you to put your trust in him today. You know, these boys had never met these divers before. They were like, I don't know who you are, but do you know what? You're giving me hope of a new life. And you don't have to understand everything there is to know about Jesus and God and, 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 and everything, but just enough to know he loves you. He created you for a purpose. He created you for a relationship with him. His invitation is, would you come with me? Let me lead you out of the cave. Let me lead you into a better life. And you know what the thing about the better life? It not only waits for us on the other side, the better life starts now. It starts on the inside. It's being called born again. Although these boys were still living, their life was never the same again. Although you're still here, when you accept Jesus and you surrender your life to him, it's called the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God comes to reside in you and you have been made brand new on the inside. And your life will never be the same as you trust in him. So I'd love to lead us through a prayer in this moment. And if that's you and you'd like to say, do you know what? There's something in me that's saying, I want to say yes to God. I want to surrender my life. Maybe you've drifted from God for many years. You've been to church before, but now is your moment to draw the line in the sand. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm stepping over. I'm going through that tunnel. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus, to the diver. I'm saying now to you. I want to lead you through a basic prayer. And I'd love you to, if you want to close your eyes or lift your hands, it doesn't matter, but God sees your heart right now. Why why don't you repeat this prayer after me? Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I believe you died on the cross to forgive me. I believe you rose from the dead to give me this gift of eternal life. I surrender my life to you. No longer longer living for self-preservation, but to serve God you. I commit my life into your hands from this moment for the rest of my life. Would you fill me with your love? Would you fill me with your spirit? Fill me with your peace and joy in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you God. You know what? This is the best decision you have ever made in your life and I pray that God will fill you with grace and strength as you continue to follow him.